Hello, everybody. My name is Daniel Prince, and I am the host of the Once Bitten podcast. This is a podcast focused on Bitcoin. It's my mission to interview as many people as I can around the different aspects of Bitcoin and help people understand exactly what Bitcoin could mean for them and for their families and for their future. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you so much for listening. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the Once Bitten podcast. This is a follow-on series of the Bitcoin for Kids Month. And I'm sitting down today with Lauren and a young man by the name of Ben at Gen Z for BTC on Twitter. This young man is 14 years of age. He's launching his own Bitcoin educational project. He is very much down the Bitcoin rabbit hole and it's so impressive and so inspiring to see so many young people now take this initiative, bring it to the front of their classrooms. I've seen Susie Violet Ward's son do this the same in his classroom as well. It's inspiring so many people. What Ben is about to launch is about savings and helping people educate themselves about savings and why it's so important, what money is. And at that age group, this is what this is where we have to be focused, right? Forget trying to orange pill the boomers. Doesn't matter. If we can help the generations following us understand the importance of Bitcoin and sound money and how this is going to shape society, then we're going to win. We're all going to win. So, shout out to Greg Foss, by the way, Boomer, who did bring him onto my, uh, onto my radar and another amazing friend and pleb maxi. Anyway, before we get into the show, please make sure you're saving in Bitcoin because I think if you're not inspired after the show, you certainly will be. Uh, you can do that different ways, but please do your own research. Only use Bitcoin-only companies. They are the show. Uh, they are the, the supporters of this show. Are Bitcoin-only companies, and this is why. Because they're going to help educate you at the same time. Don't make the mistakes many of us made before five to ten years ago, investing in pointless other projects. So, Swan Bitcoin in the U.S. You can set up a DCA dollar cost average account with them. You can also smash by and get a white glove service talking to their advise, advising team uh, that is headed up by Andy Edstrom. Relay.ch forward slash bitten. That's spelled R-E-L-A-I. They're based in Europe. They offer all the same services as Swan and you can start smash buying and fiat cost averaging with Relay through their app. Coin Corner. They are an exchange based out of the UK. You go through the usual sign-up processes and set up your exchange. You can also set up a merchant account with them if you are trying to orange peel your favorite bars, cafes, or restaurants, or trying to take your business onto a Bitcoin standard. Hoddle, hoddle, global peer-to-peer trading platform. This is no KYC. You don't have to give up your passport and your details or any of that kind of stuff. This is just pure peer-to-peer global trading platform and lending platform as well. So there's four ways you can start stacking. How do you up your privacy? If you've been around a little while and you want to up your privacy, you want to disconnect your identity from the coins that you're pulling off the apps and services, uh, the app services and exchanges, you can use Wasabi Wallet. Wasabiwallet.io, simply go to that website, download the free software, create a wallet and start running some sats through it to coin join those Bitcoin. Bitbox, this is a place where you cold store your Bitcoin. It's the final step on the Bitcoiners journey. 
get yourself a hardware wallet. Bitbox.swiss forward slash Bitten is the place to go to get yourself a 5% discount using the code Bitten on the Bitbox 02 hardware wallet. Mempool.space. This is where you go to track your transactions, to explore the blockchain, to visually uh, see the Bitcoin blockchain working in front of your eyes or in front of your friend's eyes. I do this to all of my friends and it's amazing and family. And it's amazing when you see their reactions. Ah, oh, okay. So that's how it works and it opens up a whole different avenue of questioning. Orange Pill app is an app you can download, pay three bucks a month to connect with Bitcoiners around the world. It's such a great app and it's growing all of the time. It's easier and easier to find your people now and it's pure signal because they're all Bitcoiners on there. The events tab is fully stocked with local events and worldwide events that are going on around the world. Go find an event, go find some people, find your tribe and have these in real life experiences as we build out the social layer of Bitcoin. Get social at a conference, get to the Riga, the Baltic Honey Badger Latvia conference held by HODL HODL. You can get 10% discount using the code BITTEN and get across to Free Cities Foundation event, middle of October, that is held in Prague. It's a parallel structures conference and it's excellent. It's really, really worth your time. And you can get 10% discount using the code BITTEN by hitting the link in the show notes and using that code at checkout. Enjoy this rip with Young Ben. This was so fun to do with him and Lauren as well. I was just a fly on the wall. So thanks to everybody for listening and enjoy this one with Ben. All right, we're recording. We're with Ben. How are you doing? Good. How are you? We're very well. Very well. Thank you. Uh, Lauren is here. Hi. Hi, Lauren. I Did you guys meet in Miami? No, I did see him walk around, though, when I was in Safe Dean's booth. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I didn't get to I didn't get to see you or meet you at all. So sorry we didn't get to cross paths. But how how was it? That's did okay. you have a good time there? Yeah, I had I had a really good time. It was a great experience. The atmosphere was amazing. All the people I got to meet was pretty cool, and all the opportunities that opened was pretty cool. So, so I'm very glad I could make it. How how did that come about? You you making uh, the conference? So. It's actually kind of funny. It's a very long story that all actually goes back to my mom. Okay. Who, we like long stories, so don't worry. Yeah. Don't don't rush it. Okay. So here, I'll just start with how I got into Bitcoin. Sure. Because that's the original thing. So it all started probably like two years ago. My mom was starting to do it because she always wanted to do it since I was like born. She'd heard of Bitcoin. She thought it was kind of cool, but she was always too like scared to fully do it. Because, like, a long time ago, it was, like, dangerous to meet somebody. That's what she told me. And she was scared. So she finally decided to buy some. I think it was, like, two Christmases ago. And it was, like, her Christmas present to put, like, money into Bitcoin and learn how to do it all. And she told me about it. But I didn't really care that much. Because like, how, no to... how old were you then? Probably 11. Okay. Or maybe <laughs> maybe even 10. So you're 11. 13, you're 13 now, yeah? Yeah, I got it from 14. All right. It was, yeah, it was like a couple Christmases ago. So yeah, and she told me about it. 
I didn't really care much about it because there's no reason for it. I had it in the back of my mind. Like I watched a video or two, but I never got hooked. And then as time went on, she told me about what was happening around the world with the banks. And then the one big thing was the trucking event in Canada, which that like blew my mind. And that's what, that's what like kind of clicked the switch. And then I just started watching videos and that's how I got hooked. And then I saw somebody was sponsored by Bitcoin Miami and I asked my mom about it. She's like, no, it's too expensive. And then she was, then she like was doing some thinking and she was like, maybe we could make it. So then she reached out to Greg Foss, like just out of nowhere. She just reached out and said if it was fine, if a kid went and that's how I met him. And he was very nice and helped showed me around, but that's how we got to it. And cause I could get like a student pass. Oh, awesome. And so Greg was uh, your chaperone, was he at the... Uh, yeah, perfect. He was pretty cool. Did, did your mom go too? Yep. Oh, awesome. She was around with me. Excellent. All right, Lauren. Well, do, do you have any questions? Well, you guys are almost... Well, you, you're kind of the same age. So you're 12, you're 13 in January, and you're 14. So, yeah, there's probably two years, two years, two years between you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. What is your favorite thing about Bitcoin? Yeah, that's a, so my favorite thing about Bitcoin is that it's probably not owned by any government or group that just like always blew my mind that the people control it completely and you don't have to run it through any other process or app or anything to transact. Like it's literally like giving somebody physical item like hand to hand, but it's online and it's crazy how they got to doing that. That's my favorite part about it. Yeah, we love that. What did you have any other questions up your sleeve? Why should teenagers or tweenagers care about Bitcoin? Like that, that's something yeah. that I don't think a lot of kids really give too much thought to, okay. especially especially those ones that are just getting pocket money each week for doing nothing, which you don't get. (laughs) Because you guys are always like, why don't you give us pocket money? Say that. (laughs) When I was doing my money master's thing in my class. Right. Excuse you. Trying to make me look bad. No, but it has been a discussion before. You, You do have your other friends that just get pocket money, right? Yeah. Each week. Not each week, but or each month, whatever. Yeah, um, I my some of my friends have that too. So like when I try to explain it to them, they say I don't care. It doesn't matter because they literally get money each month for doing nothing and can go spend it at Bush Gardens or on shoes and on food mm-hmm. and don't have to worry about anything. And I think it's important that teenagers learn about it early on so they know there's another option of money before they fall into the debt trap of America and get into something they don't know what they're doing. I don't know how to say that, but. Yeah, well, if you think about it, pocket money is social welfare. Mm -hmm. Pocket money is universal basic income. And a lot of parents fall into the trap of being shamed by the social construct around them. Oh, you've got to give little Timmy some pocket money, you know, so he can go out and buy his toxic sugary sweets every week and Mm -hmm. his soda pops. And I've always thought, why? Like that makes no sense at all. Maybe if they loaded the dishwasher, maybe if they cut the lawn, maybe if they washed the car, maybe if they did a few chores. Yeah, proof of work. 
exactly that they needed and that they earn the money doing physical work in the real world yeah that's yeah, important I, yeah sorry um actually some kids do get money for that yeah they do mm. yeah and that's fine yeah. if they if they're actually and even then there's a blurred line uh because Sometimes you just clear the table because you're part of the family and somebody else made dinner, right? You don't expect to get paid for that. Exactly, yeah. But if you're going above and beyond and actually adding value, then you should be rewarded for that and rewarded in the best money known to man. Bitcoin. <laughs> How would yes, you feel? I... How would you feel, Ben, if you spend like four hours mowing the lawn and then someone tried to pay you in fiat money? Um, I mean, if it was a random person, if I'm going to be completely honest, I wouldn't really care because I know I can just go switch it to Bitcoin. Right. Like I wouldn't expect a random person to pay me in Bitcoin, but cause I know I can just literally go home and give me, give my mom the cash and then just get the Bitcoin into one of my wallets. So I wouldn't care that much. Eventually it would be a goal to be normal, to be paid in Bitcoin. That would be really cool. But we're not quite there yet. We're getting there, though. Yeah. And you can force the change, which is great. If you go knocking around your neighborhood and saying, I'll, I will wash your car, I will mow your lawn, I will rake your leaves or whatever it is, depending on what season, but you have mm -hmm. to pay me in Bitcoin. The person that really needs that service is then forced to start learning about, but why is this kid the only one on the block that's willing to do any work, one, but will only do the jobs if I pay him in Bitcoin. Mm, That's a touch point for the community. Yeah, it's a touch point, but I, to be honest, I don't think as many will do it as you think because one, they're too busy to even think about anything and two, they're just kind of like, oh, Bitcoin, isn't that a scam and everything? Like They'll kind of like brush it off. Um, but I think some people might do it. And I, I mean, at least it's some, not none. Yeah, it's it's not going to happen overnight, but it's, touch, it's a touch point. So look what's happened uh, now. Simon, who fixes our car, whenever our car goes wrong, Simon accepts Bitcoin. Yeah. It's, it's taken three, four years, but <laughs> it happens. Yeah. So how did, um, how did your mom first? start learning about it Did, has she told you her rabbit hole story and and how yeah. she so she's been wanting she told me i've like heard her say this a thousand times since i was born like 2009 she'd been wanting to get into it like even when it was first made and was hearing a lot about it but she was always too scared because like i remember she told me there was one time she actually was about to meet somebody in a mcdonald's parking lot Mm -hmm. give them like 500 bucks to get some bitcoin and then she um canceled like 10 minutes before because she was worried to meet a stranger and give them hundreds of dollars they were shady times in the bitcoin world uh yeah those early days were were pretty crazy so i would like to know then how your mom has been helping you understand what resources has she been using to help you understand about bitcoin so are you talking about like right now or like whenever I was getting into it, into it for like the first time? The first time. How did she start like bringing that up? What what resources? Okay. So the very first time, the very first time she just told me 
whenever I would walk out during like I remember it was like Christmas break I think every single second I would walk out of my room playing video games I'd walk out to her watching something about Bitcoin and she'd be like Benjamin this is really important you should watch a video that I send you we should try to start to understand this it's gonna be the future I was like yeah 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 I just thought it was some random thing and then that happened like the whole Christmas break. And then I like watched a couple videos and I kind of had an idea of what it was, but I didn't understand how it worked. Do you remember what those videos were? No, because those are not what hooked me. Those ones, yeah, I have no clue. They were some random, random little videos probably. But the one that did a really good job, I forgot what it's called that sucks my mom <laughs> talked about it all the time i could literally ask my mom right now because i told her it was like a whole entire i like really long movie like videos yeah. or videos that are really visual and set off lots of cues in my mind and are constantly like showing stuff in graphs and easy things to understand visually because then i can remember those a lot easier than just a bunch of words or in a book because one thing about me that not a lot of people know is that I have an auditory processing disorder that like would always slow me down in school and it isn't that I'm deaf or I can't hear well it's that my brain doesn't always process or put together the words in my head so like that can make it hard for me to like even while I'm reading it can if I'm like saying the words in my head sometimes I'll like just be reading through now like forget that I'm reading or something or I'll be listening to a teacher talk and I'll like have to ask them to repeat the question or whatever and then whenever I'm watching videos sometimes I have to replay them like four times for me to like I can hear the words but I can't understand and put them together into a sentence sometimes all right so So you figured out you figured out how you learn very few people ever do that yeah, I think lots of people could benefit from that because it's the easiest way to learn. Like my grandma learns the same way. Apparently, when I try to explain it to her, whenever I try to explain it in words, she was like, I have no clue what you're talking about, dude. Whenever I literally just looked up what is Bitcoin and showed her some of like the first things that popped up. I can't remember on the top of my head, so I don't want to get them wrong. But just the first documentaries, the good ones, and then she could understand it perfectly fine. So okay. I think that's important. So there, there are some Bitcoin documentaries out there that were, you know, key to your understanding of, yeah. of Bitcoin. I'd love to know what they are. So don't, yeah, you know, if you want to yell at mom, you go for it because uh, she's not home right now. She's actually at work. Okay, no problem. But you so can you can DM want... me once uh, once you yeah. have them, and then I can put them in the uh, the show notes because anything to help uh, other people fall down the rabbit hole, and if if it's helped you, then it's bound to help some some others. What about you? What do you like watching? What have you kind of uh, been able to pick up from your journey in the Bitcoin rabbit hole doing this podcast? What was that little girl that did the news reports? Oh, <laughs> that was Ah, um, oh, what was her name? I'm blanking on her name uh welcome to lily's show lily yeah did you ever see lily 
Um, I don't think so. I'm not connecting the dots. Okay, so she's only say three years of age, and she her mm-hmm. yeah, she I, she's probably four or five now. But when she was doing this, she was three years of age, and uh, I believe I, I I hope I'm getting this right, but Jan Pritzker, who's the CTO at Swan, it's his cousin, I believe, maybe brother, I can't remember, but a family relation. Uh, who's also down the the rabbit hole, um, was making little like news shows with his daughter, but he would splice them up and edit them and and whatever else. And the way they did it, they he would have Lily ask some questions, and then he would send the the video and the questions uh, to Jack Mallers and Michael Saylor. Yeah, in, she was in particular. She was. Yeah, she had some she great guests. Saylor on like. Uh, and then they had these guys explaining Bitcoin to a three-year-old, which was great for us because Lauren started this pod with me when she was nine. And we, every every interview we've had, she asks the first question and that forces the guest to respond to a nine-year-old and explain Bitcoin to her as if she was nine. Uh, and yeah, I, I think those answers are so helpful to a wider audience, not just uh, not just the kids. So yeah, I'd, I'd love to know what those documentaries are that um, that you got to see. And there is there are so many coming out now. Um, yeah, there's a lot coming out now. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking forward to to watching them all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, documentaries, um, the Bitcoin ones, I find very interesting. But you only show me the video, and I don't see the names, so. Mm-hmm. Really yeah, well, Toma's one was genera- uh, Generational Wealth, uh, which was uh, a good one. Um, so what I about... I think I watched that one. Yeah. The name, Generational Wealth. So what about now? What, I mean, if you're in the rabbit hole, you're in the rabbit hole. If mm-hmm. you're anything like me or any other Bitcoiner I've ever spoken to, you're thinking about Bitcoin 24-7. How are you getting your information? Who do you like to follow? Um, what what what's the best outlet so, for you? Yeah, so one thing I do on like the daily or most of the time if I'm on sports is watch the Twitter Spaces, like Twitter Spaces, mm-hmm. and listen to Greg Foss, um, like just all the people talk on Toxic Happy Hour, and <laughs> what's the other one called? That was called. Cafe Bitcoin, maybe that one's yeah, it. Cafe, yeah, Cafe Bitcoin. Okay, I watch both of those normally. I just chill, and then they'll always start talking about some really complicated stuff that I don't quite understand. Then I can go look up videos on that. But yeah, I just like to stay. And I set up a Nostra account, so I'm gonna start trying to post on that mm-hmm. and seeing how well I can do on that. And yeah, I just and I watch random videos that pop up on my YouTube. Mm-hmm. Too. they're just like i just try to keep the flow because i gotta balance it with lots of sports okay so yeah two sports i got like six hours of sports a day more like eight or nine well so is mm-hmm. there is there school for you or no school right now there's no school we go back in august okay so generally you're at school each day in a school day i have wait what'd you ask but you're generally at school each day during term time well, yeah, during during the school year, I'm at school five uh-huh. days a week. 
for eight hours is the actual school, eight and a half. And then I have three hours of practice after. So then I'm out till like 6.30 and then I don't get home till like 7.30. And then normally I have to stay with my mom till later, till she finishes working. So it's a full day. So I just try to like fit in my reading during school and stuff. That's what I did like right leading up to the conference. I was just reading and reading and reading. What, what were you reading? Um, the Bitcoin standard was one that I read like the first 180 pages. And then I started reading another book. <laughs> I can't, I'm not good at finishing long, long books. Yeah. But I got like the basics down, the base down of it. And I really liked the Bitcoin standard because of how to explain the history of money. Mm-hmm. And it was a very, even though it wouldn't have pictures, it was very visual in my mind, how they explained it and how there was like graphs that I could imagine. That I can like still remember the graphs that I made while I was reading it. That can help explain a lot to me. So uh, anything that sets off visual cues, I like. I forgot, I have a book that's in my room that I've been reading that has lots of little graphs and stuff. This isn't part of bitcoin but i enjoyed reading rich dad poor dad because mm-hmm. that had lots of gra- graphs and that's really what set me off on money itself mm-hmm. and that's probably the reason why i got into bitcoin as well is because i read that like a bit ago like probably a year before i got fully into bitcoin so i knew there was something up i just wasn't committed enough to fully go into the rabbit hole yeah kiyosaki's done a great job of orange pilling a lot of people but not himself, which is mm-hmm. kind of crazy. I mean, I know he talks about stacking Bitcoin, but he hasn't. He, you know, I he hasn't become a maxi, and he he clearly has a little bit more extra work to do, or there is uh, too much baggage pegged to that personality that he's built up around his original book that he's unwilling to let go of, but. Yeah, yeah, you see a lot of that. Yeah, you see a lot of that, and a lot of people that have been around for a little while um, in the fiat uh, market. Yeah, they're side scared of, of change. Yep, exactly. So, what what sports are you playing? What's keeping you so busy each day? So I'm doing football and wrestling right now, and I have football lifting and wrestling lifting, and then there's conditioning for both of the sports. And there's also practice for both of the sports. So I'm doing two sports during the summer. The whole So like I have a full day, like a normal day that I would have a school. But um, I just am doing sports the whole day. And then I sneak in to get food or go somewhere to get food in between. And I'm just out the whole day getting carpool around, doing different sports and lifting. Are you finding anybody else of your age in your sports groups or of your classes at school that are thinking the way you're thinking about bitcoin and money no actually there's been nobody that's cared enough there's some people so like there's some people that are really judgmental and like try to shame me for it but like i really don't take it personally like i kind of like laugh at them it's not big deal they weren't taught anything and they just probably just scared that i know something they don't and then there's people that are like oh yeah i know that's cool i've heard stuff about it like if i 
convince them to buy some, I probably could, but they aren't like hooked into it because it's going to, because the kids my age aren't at the age yet, I think, like the target age, which I think is going to be more towards like 14 to like 25 to maybe like 16 to 25, like whenever they're getting their first job and actually having to pay for gas and having to pay for their insurance, their car insurance is when it's going to really matter. And then when they get their first job and have to pay for everything, I think that's when it's going to matter that they know their money and their time is being devalued as it just sits there. Yeah, I um, I don't really think you could really orange pill that many little kids. Like when I say little kids, I mean like tweens and like young teens. I mean, you orange pilled me, but you you um and other and other parents have orange pilled their kids but that was when they were young or they they're around them every single day but if you're just their friend then and their parents aren't um well um bitcoiners i think it would be really hard to get them to learn about bitcoin until like you said until they have a job or something like that well yeah what do, what, do you, what do your friends say to you lauren when you they when... just shrug it off yeah yeah and since i know my friends doesn't really like me talking about it i just don't really talk anything about it and one of my friends is really young i can make friends with so many different ages and one of my best friends is eight um but um she's just kind of she's at the age where she doesn't all she wants to do is just play so i can't and she does she doesn't really like talking as much so mm-hmm. yeah I don't I don't really bring up Bitcoin as much yeah I think that's like okay actually for like I don't think it should be forced at all because a kid is a kid they're still going to school they should still have drama they should still have like a girlfriend or a boyfriend or whatever and having sports but I just think they should be conscious that mm-hmm. there is another option and be ready for when it happens so like they don't need to be fully into the rabbit hole because how are they even going to buy Bitcoin if they don't have money or a steady cash flow but I think being informed about it is the important thing or knowing that what it is so that when like the time does come, they can easily go to it and be ready. Yeah. Which is where I think you guys play a very important role with your consistency. Uh, if you do stop talking about it completely, then they're just going to believe that, ah, ha, ha, I was right he's mm-hmm. not in bitcoin anymore she doesn't do bitcoin anymore because like my parents told me it's all a scam um but by turning up each week delivering the tiniest of touch points whatever it is then it's always there it's a constant and it might take two three four years but four years down the line well in four years time for you your friend's going to be 17 18 and now all of a sudden, they're like, hey, hang on a minute. He's been talking about Bitcoin like our whole student career. He's not been shoving it down my neck, but he's always yeah. been there with the touch points. And every time we've got into a conversation about something, he's got something intelligent to say on the opposing side of the narrative that we're being told without being pushy, without being belligerent. But he was always there. He was always consistent. And that is so mm-hmm. important to deliver those messages and those touch points. Yeah. And you get that. You 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 understand consistency with your your training and your sports. 
Yeah, if you're not doing something consistently and dedicatedly, if that even is a word, um, it won't it won't have a long term effect to your like mental state or how you think. Because if you do something long enough, it'll change the way you see the world. So that's the idea is just kind of not jam it in their brain, but just like allow it to kind of soak in. And like maybe when they go to the mall and they have to buy stuff and the more they'll start to deal with money as they get older and older, they'll realize, oh, I'm only earning $7 an hour. That's a lot of time I have to work a week to literally go out and get Chick-fil-A. And then they'll just start to realize that fiat money isn't really the fairest system and then the way that debt works, and then that the way that they don't teach us in school how it works. So it's like we're destined to be doomed as soon as you get out of school and go into college and buy your first book or whatever it's called, your first course. Were you aware that if you, let's say you get to 18 and you decide you want to start a business rather than go to college and you apply for a loan for that business do you have any idea how much you might get for, for that business to start? Um, I don't know exact numbers. I know it's not a lot until you have, like, I don't know how, I don't even know how all that works. You, works. you would you would get anywhere, if you were lucky, you'd get anywhere between five to $10,000 from a bank for you to go and start an entrepreneurial uh, pursuit. But if you applied to go to a university and for a student loan, how much would you get? Hundreds of thousands. Like, yeah. And then it's impossible to pay it back. Right. That, so right sense. there, the system's rigged straight against mm -hmm. you. Uh, That's a good example. Yeah. Trying to help people understand how they're playing and walking blindly into a rigged system into a trap is is really very very important i actually need to say that to kate then because i try she, yeah yeah then my my oldest daughter is almost 18 she's 18 next month and we, we're constantly having battles because she's so these three the other my other three kids they're homeschooled but my oldest one um she wanted to go to school and get her certificates and and whatever else so of course She's been taught Keynesian economics, Keynesian philosophy, Keynesian this, that, and the other thing. And we have discussions at the dinner table where I offer uh, the opposing view uh, to the, you know, the state narrative. And it gets pretty spicy, doesn't it? <laughs> Don't want to be around. But, uh, you know, if, if I weren't there as a sounding board and uh, bouncing ideas back at her, then this is how we shape society. Everybody thinking and acting in the same way is good for who? It's not good for us. The collective think it's good for the collective. That's why collectivists are so easy to, you know, uh, wave a magic wand and they all do the same thing at the same time. Whereas having free thinking people, critical thinking people, like clearly you are yourself, uh, we need more. And I don't know how we break the mold of this state-schooled, roboticized nation-state that we currently find ourselves yeah. in. 
Yeah, so that's a really good statement. One, this is just a big idea. Like, I don't want to be like judgeless or whatever, but I think that Bitcoin in the future or the near future, so like the next 50 years, won't be the only currency in any country. Like, it won't be the thing that's used only, but I think it'll be a backup currency that basically is the checks and balances of the whole world and make sure the country isn't being unfair because then their citizens could go and literally just not use their currency and avoid taxes if it came to that. Like they, There's the ability to do it, which could I get why I could scare governments at first and want them to ban it. But there's a reason why we're going to another currency so desperately and not using theirs because it's flawed and um, messed up for the average human. Because I feel like when people see or at least whenever I used to watch like the movies about like the American dream of how you could come here, get a like a business degree, or you could like get a profession and work and earn a good amount of money, like pay for a whole family in a nice house with land with an average job. I always thought, oh, that's so cool. All I have to do is work hard and study in college, just read books, and then I get money after. And then I, whenever I learn it's not as simple as that, it's not actually a straight line, then that's when I really realized that, like, everybody's, like, way of thinking about how, like, money moves around the world and let alone America, of how it's moved through the banks so like secretly, but yet everybody just doesn't know about it. I think it's like just mind blowing that not other people know about it and aren't trying to change it. But what lessons have you had in school so far with regards to economics or financial awareness or just Hey, ready? This is a big, big number. Zero. You're kidding. I'm going to ninth grade. I've learned more about money in history than anything else world history mm -hmm. i learned about how they traded stones thousands of years ago which i mean that's important but i mean like we haven't learned anything in relativity to our money now like they're not trying to teach us about money now i mean in history they may have taught us about like the first paper dollars that were made like thousands of years ago or whatever but it's not like they're trying to inform us about that so we could learn about now. They're just telling us that for a lesson about something. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've talked to my history teacher. I was actually like close with my history teacher. She was really cool. And she was one of the people who understood Bitcoin and let me talk to her about it. And she was like really cool. And it, I think it was because she understood how money works in the past and the effects it had on different civilizations. So I don't know why we're not taught, like, we're taught about all about the wars and all, like, the treaties and stuff, but we're not taught about all the financial decisions that affected how that, have, like, how countries have became so big and powerful. So I think that's just as important as who, like, won the battle versus who was smarter financially. That's just my opinion. Uh, yeah. They had... <laughs> History is written by the winners, right? And um, well, or history is written by those that own the education system. And yeah, that they are able to manipulate. They write the agenda. They write the curriculum. They um, they then 
so the, I think a history teacher is a perfect example of somebody that is lit up inside by learning, by history, by studying history, and then teaching it. Uh, and give that give that person that that person who was uh, born to be a mentor uh, a class of people. They could in, they could deliver incredible lessons, incredible. But they're not allowed to. Mm. They're only allowed to deliver what they're told to, and at the timeline mm. they're told to, and to the age group that they're told to deliver that to. And it is crippling for the teacher. It's completely crippling, and that's why you yeah, get disinterested teachers. Yeah, yeah, and disinterested students. Mm-hmm. Most of them, I know a lot of students that hate history, right. um, but I know a lot of people that like history but for many different reasons. And probably because the teacher probably tells the, the history that they're not interested in and the history they don't know enough about and is boring to them. So they just become boring and then the, and then the students find the teacher boring and then it's just boring for everyone. Yeah, you have a negative feedback loop in the classroom. Yeah, that makes so. Yeah, that's that's a big thing. So one big, history is probably my favorite class other than like PE, of course so i had world history so i didn't learn anything about like anything recent i learned about all the ancient stuff and my teacher was a really good teacher in my opinion because like she gave us like freedom we were we were allowed to ask any questions as long as it wasn't like inappropriate questions and she would answer them and just go on about talking about them like she was definitely more free and open as long as we stayed around the guidelines like we would watch movies all the time that had just a little bit to do and we would just like write stuff down it's a very open class anybody could ask and even on like the football players that normally hate history and like hate stuff we're all asking questions because who doesn't want to know about somebody that got like arrowed in the back and there's like drawings of it and she was a good teacher about visualizing it and making kids involved and that's what i think we should do about trying to teach about bitcoin mm-hmm. is like yeah make them involved and not just tell them words tell them why and how and visualize all of it yeah school isn't only bad because of the dreading hours and waking up at 6 a.m in the morning and going to like four or five or even like six sometimes um it's also the teachers. Teachers, like like I said, they get bored and they, they are not helpful in a lot of schools, but there are some just really, really amazing teachers that help a lot, that gives you interest. Um, I know my sister, one of my sisters was really interested in history or geography or something. And then they had this horrible geography or history teacher and then they hated it after that. Yeah, I understand that. That happened with one of my math classes but i still like math even more now (laughs) yeah i think it's not fair that the teachers can like shape your opinions about stuff that much because like when i hate when they don't allow you to ask questions like last year i had a history teacher but it was it was a civics teacher actually so that i learned about american government and like the recent history about how america became how it is and how the laws were decided. I don't remember most of it because her class was like really boring. We would have to write really long stuff. And I remember I was asking her about money because I was always interested in it. And she would just get annoyed at me and was always in like a really bad mood, I remember. And I didn't have a pleasant time in that class, even though the 
the subject was kind of boring, but it definitely could have been made not as boring because like I don't remember anything from that class except for not having a good time. Yeah. Unlike my recent history class, uh, even though some of the subjects are really boring, if the teacher is like excited about it, they can make other people excited about it and happy. Mm. I got a question. How do you think Bitcoin is going to affect uh, you in regards to the sports you play? Have you ever thought, thought about how Bitcoin? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I have I'm... a little bit. So you mean like, so as a hobby, sports is a hobby. And I think Bitcoin is going to be my life. Like, or like sports have been my life pretty much for like the last three years. I've been playing high school sports since sixth grade. So like, that's been a really big part of my life, but I know sports won't always be a part of my life only till the end of high school, which is like, just like six years of my life. And I know Bitcoin and money and the people I meet during that will always be a part of my life. So I think the time ever comes that I have to stop playing sports or stop one of my seasons that'll be okay because i've had a great time playing with them and i'll still like check on check on like my family and stuff because they're all like family to me i've known them for a really long time and if i do have to stop i'm fine with stopping because i know bitcoin is my life and sports is just a hobby that's supposed to help like form my way of seeing the world and hard work do you think how much do you think would change if your your current football coach when you say football you're talking throwing the ball right not like we do in the UK where we yeah. in Europe I'm where talk, we, yeah I'm talking about American football yeah, talking about NFL <laughs> right okay just, yeah. just to clarify for the uh, the viewers and the listeners but it, let's just say your your current coach was replaced with a total Bitcoin maximalist but excellent. NFL um, football coach, how do you think his approach would be different to a fiat football coach? Okay, that, that's a strange question, but I think his way of explaining like how your work gets rewarded would be different and how consistency, I mean, that's a strange question i think i think i would be able to explain it more in wrestling terms okay try that yeah let's switch to wrestling yeah what what would yeah because wrestling is a lot more way harder and more mental so let's just say a coach would always say eat consistently the whole year really really healthy as in like a full diet the whole year and that's not fun for high schoolers like trust me and you're going to like parties and stuff like absolutely no extra food i mean and i feel like that's what a fiat coach would say is expect to only win ex- expect to only do like your best and if you don't you'll be shamed and like bad upon and i think bitcoin coach would know their ups and downs and would tell them to have a more proportional like graph of increasing skill and power and their I, the work ethic would probably be different in the room and how that works. I don't know if they would talk about the actual subject that much, but how they see the world would be different for both of them probably. 
Yeah, there'd definitely be a, uh, a different approach with uh, time preference, for example, would, yeah. would be the, the first and foremost thing that I could think of. But lowering your time preference, as we know, touches everything, right? It would touch the way you train. It would touch the, mm-hmm. uh, the way you, you move, the way you wrestle, the way you think about scoring points, the way you eat, uh, the way you sleep. Uh, yeah. I get what you mean. I feel like the way so having a high time preference is thinking really far ahead, right? No, There's other way around. Thing. So high time other preference okay. is like uh get out there and win that at all costs, sweep the leg, Johnny, you know, like that that's yeah. Right. And then the low time preference is it's fine if we lose this game, but we're gonna win the whole season. Yeah. Basically, yeah, so that actually makes a lot of sense. I think that would be a really big thing because some people are too stuck on the next day and some people are too stuck on the next year there's both you need to find a balance in between about doing what's now and like preparation for what's in the future but still like enjoying and living your life for the now it's a very good question though because that brings up a lot with my sports i think about it all the time uh and i do i do a bit because sports have become so fiat driven you know look at the money that is uh hung over these um athletes heads now and look at the Mm -hmm. incentive structure that that how can ronaldo go and play football for a team in saudi arabia for 50 million dollars right this makes no sense but he's and so he's gone off and done it and he's doing that and you know whatever but that that fiat carrot, and now he's selling NFTs on on Binance. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like this this nonsensical fiat world makes no sense. So, what I what I like what I like what I can't wait to see, and it's not happening yet. It's going to take a long time. But as you know, well, you, if you don't know, uh, Peter McCormack, um, he has bought the local football team, soccer team in his town in the UK. Now that doesn't mean that the coach is orange-pilled, and that certainly doesn't mean that any of the players are orange-pilled. We tried, though. Yet. Yet. But they they won the league, and now they're going to start moving up. Uh, and it's my belief that over time, the, the coach will be retained, and he will become orange-pilled, and the time preference will be lowered, and the, um, yeah, the, the fear incentives will be gone and the load time preference will be baked in the proof of work will be baked in the you know taking a block at a time will be baked in and mm-hmm. with that you will have a much more cohesive team less prone to injury uh, and less prone to um, yeah. doing stupid shit on the pitch because of you know that they, they know um that they don't have to live in that one one second TikTok mm-hmm. next block proof of work. Yeah, that makes that's that's a good point. Of not being like stupid for getting one point and risking like injury. And how often Even, do you like, see that? Like, how often do you see that in NFL, man? I mean, like, like it, it's yeah, NFL is great. I feel like NFL is really different from high school because NFL is only driven by money, not even the actual sport. So exactly. even if somebody did get injured, they'll still have money for the rest of their life whether it's fiat or not, because there's so much um, like people who are watching it, like in the NFL, like I don't, I don't even watch the NFL. If I'm being honest, I play football and I don't watch it. 
because I just I think it's stupid, mm-hmm. kind of. It's too much to keep track of. But I just know there's so much money. There's no point of even like trying to compete and play with that because it's really all just a big business and a show like WWE. Mm-hmm. That's how I think of the way it is put on and how you buy the players. Like, I don't know. I, I don't watch it that much. So how do you but think you gotta... how do you think you'll end up working in Bitcoin? What? What would you think you'll do when uh, when you're a little bit older and working in Bitcoin? Um, I want to go around educating and teaching about how to teach because that's one big thing I've been able to recognize because I had r- big trouble with learning, but not because I was stupid, just because processing it is different for a lot of people. And I need to bring it down to where it's like explaining it to a five-year-old, but then it just clicks mm-hmm. super easily. So I think like maybe even in the near future, whenever I get a little bit older, like I would like to travel and be able to go to conferences and speak about having parents like teach their kids about it and maybe even having kids teach their parents about it, like both of them. Cause I think it's like a two-way thing. If a kid plays video games and understands trading skins that are worth money back and forth to each other they could definitely understand trading bitcoin and that's not the same for parents because some parents are scared of the change and are worried even if they know it's not bad or illegal they'll just put any possible thing to block it out of their head because they're worried that it's going to take over and everything's going to be different yeah well we want to see your conferences man uh for sure well we were just in prague and Lauren, why don't you tell Ben, because you, you hosted a panel in Prague. Yeah, I um I hosted a panel in Prague with Joe Hall and... Giacomo Zucco. Yeah, Giacomo. Um, and, yeah, it went pretty well. It was really fun, really funny. Joe Hall wore tutu. Um, it's on YouTube, actually. It is? It is. Yeah. It's like... The only way I found it was um, BTC Prague Lauren Prince panel to 2023. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. It, yeah. Um, but it was so well received by the mm. one, the crowd, but two, mm. when we came off, uh, off the, the stage there, Joe and Giacomo were lit up. They're like, why aren't we doing more of this? Mm. This is, this is crazy. Like the, look, look how many people were listening. Look at the interaction of the crowd. Uh, and um, look at look at the questions that were asked because the questions were asked by a twelve year old, and you know it was called "Explain Bitcoin to Me Like I'm 12. Um, it, it opened up uh, a whole new uh, kind of brain pattern thinking process to answer that question as it would have done if you'd answered an adult that was on stage. If I was if I had gone up and asked the same questions. I'd have got stock answers, most likely, that they've answered a hundred times before. But because yeah. a kid, so did there's definitely a place for you to do that. If you yeah. if you're comfortable to to go up and host panels and ask the questions, then I guarantee you Bitcoin Maxis, the people that are there um will accept you and will certainly be more than comfortable going up on stage and, and answering your questions. Yeah, sorry. Um- 
think it should be like a kids conference. I mean, like kids host panels and like the kids do the speaking. That'd be fun. All right, guys, organize it. Yeah, that could be like a part of a, a part. You know how in I was Bitcoin Miami, they had the women's in Bitcoin thingy. Mm -hmm. One night, we could just have like a kids in Bitcoin thingy and just a small part and have kids speak and just, it, it can even be young adults, really. Like anybody that's beneath like the age of 25 that are young and in college or in high school can go and be around other people because there won't be that many at first. But if we do stuff like that, more people who are not sure about it will be like, oh, yeah, that'll be fun to go out there. Because it's very, if like say a kid that their parents weren't like whole Bitcoin maxis, like they knew about it, right? They supported their kid. But say a kid wanted to go out to a conference, like that, it's kind of scary to think about it. Just a bunch of people you don't know going with just like your mom or your dad could be kind of scary and i think if there was something that the kids could be involved in just like just one night that's all you need that's the only reason you need to go and then you can meet them meet more friends and stuff and be in the environment of kids that are all going through the same education system in the same point in time they're all going through yeah, the same, same hell that the <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Yeah, their parents. So your dad says this. That it, oh my god! Yeah, you would have no. <laughs> that's what you and Sam were doing about me and Ben. I'm sure. Yeah, there's a handful of kids now that are turning up at the conferences. Um, my four have been along. Uh, we'll be off to uh, the UK in a in two weeks' time for the Bitcoin Adventure Weekend. That's a big family yeah. affair. That's a yeah. great one. Watch the family. Then we'll be Beeritz. We go to Beeritz every every year. There's uh all, all all four kids come along to that one. You're generally the only kids there though. There, there's not been too many others. Three last time. Maybe but I know Riga, there are more kids coming. Go. Yeah, Canute's gonna bring his family. And Sam's going. And Sam, yeah, Sam Duval, uh the Bitcoin kid who who also presented on stage. She presented on stage straight after Sailor's keynote. I mean, talk about bravery. Like, just get up there. Second or third one, too. It was... There was her second, yeah. her second, second one, second, second time. time. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's, it's happening. And the more families that we can have, believe me, from a father's point of view, I know was, in your case, uh, it was your mum. That, that got you into Bitcoin. In many cases, mm -hmm. it's the dad that falls down the rabbit hole for whatever reason first, uh, and then becomes the crazy guy within the family and becomes pretty lonely because now all of a sudden his family think he's crazy. And then mm -hmm. his whole network of colleagues and peers think he's crazy. And all of his old age friends from school think he's crazy. And just like that overnight, you're lonely. As hell. And crazy. And crazy. <laughs> and you have to question yourself very, very deeply. You know, am I doing the right thing? You, you, you're you actually just trying to protect your wealth and look after your family and the generations that follow you. Uh, and most people around you are telling you you're completely nuts. So to have families present at these events would be so huge and so helpful on so many different yeah. levels. But it's crazy. Yeah, that's it's sorry. Um, sorry. Um, that's crazy. Um, people try and orange pill their their children at two months. It's 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 not how it works though. 
So yeah, wait, you mean two months old? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's. I don't think that would really work. But, yeah. Mm, it's the effort that counts. Any baby, any babies born into a Bitcoin Maximus family are Bitcoiners. Let's put it that way. Bitcoin Maximus, the day they're born. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. That's what Sam said in her talk adopting Bitcoin. Bitcoin adopted her because she was born into it. And, um, you know, going forward, this is, I, yeah, that's why I'm so bullish on on families and, and Bitcoin. All right. Ben, we, we better let you get on because you probably got much more to be doing today. But there's one question I have. Go on. Are you guys going to Pacific Bitcoin? We are not. No. October yeah. is crazy for us. But are you going to be there? I'm going to try. I don't know. Right now, I don't have like money to get there right now. Mm -hmm. But I'll be mowing lawns and stuff and work on it. And I probably could find a way to get there somehow. I was just wondering because I'll meet you guys at some point. Yeah, you certainly will. You certainly will. Where, where do you live? Are you close to the, the West in Coast? Florida. Okay, so you got to get over, you got to get all the way over to the West Coast. Um, so yeah. how much of the flights out there? Uh, probably a two-way trip. Round trip would probably be like 350 a ticket. I, I could be completely wrong on this. Actually, I, I, I don't even want to answer this because I don't know. You I don't know. Really. All right. Well, I just know it's a lot of money for me since I don't have a job. Yeah. <laughs> let's uh, let's work on getting you there. Uh, I'll speak to the Swan guys and get them um, you know, to reach out to see if they would uh, offer you a ticket at the very least for you and your mom. That, that would be really amazing. Do, do you have, uh, is it your, both your parents would be interested in going, brother, sister? I, it would be probably just my mom and my grandma will say it's my brother because my brother is a, little bit special and still too young to try to understand mm. all that stuff so my grandma would just stay with my brother right. you know, just me being my mom okay well i'll see what happens um that would be pretty cool yeah okay. i just want to get out and get exposed to more information mm. and try to push out kids is important too to and you'd more be and more people well, you'd work at the conference, right? You'd be happy to host a panel or something. Or... Yeah, no, yeah, I would be. That would be super cool. All right, that would be a cool. Well, well, it's not like you're you're offering your time. It's not like you're begging for tickets. So you're offering your time. So you 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 know you can add value in a big way to this conference. Yeah, that's one of the goals I had. It was to go and speak about kids eventually. But mm -hmm. I just know I can't get to every conference yet because I have school and my mom has to work. Oh, and I'm a child. We can't travel around the world by myself yet, but that, that would be a goal is to just be helping as many people as possible. Cause this is a thing. This Bitcoin is a thing we have to do together. You can't go out and be wealthy in Bitcoin by yourself. I feel like that's just, nobody does that. I think I feel like Bitcoin is a very open and friendly thing to join is really, I've never experienced somebody that was mean. If I'm being honest. I, think, I don't think of it. Oh, I mean, Bitcoin. It's okay. Um, Go ahead. I think you're a true Bitcoiner if you say, I want to help people. I want to help people learn about Bitcoin. That's when you know you're a true Bitcoiner. Mm -hmm. But I thought we were all yeah. toxic. No. <laughs> but, you know, all the crypto bros say we're toxic maximalists. And yeah, but yeah, they're crypto nice. bros. We don't care about those ones, Daddy. Don't be toxic. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Oh, well. They, they're, they're, they're just... Bitcoiners that don't know it yet. They're just confused. Exactly. 
All right. Do you want to ask yeah. me now a final question? Your question. My question. So okay. yeah. So don't screw it up. Let's see if I remember. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. If if there was one. If you had. If you had an orange. One. One orange pill. Left. Left. To give. <laughs> to give. Who would you give it to, and, and why? why? You nailed that. Thank you. <laughs> So you're saying if I have one pill that would immediate orange pill somebody, yeah, would be orange pill for the rest of their life, who would I give it to? Mm -hmm. uh, pro, actually, that's a really good question. Mm, I have no clue. One left. Yeah. I mean, I would want to say somebody like rich that has a lot of influence, but then. That's only one person, or I could say like a family member, or something. But then that's I could already do that. I don't know. Maybe like somebody that just has wealth and power. I mean, I wouldn't even say the president. I would say like somebody else. Like Elon is already kinda. Maybe. Yeah, I have no clue. That's gonna have like yeah. That's I I don't even have somewhat an answer. My how about my grandpa? My grandpa. I All guess right. My grandpa. Love it. Yeah, and don't. There's no right or wrong answer. It's just a fun mm -hmm. question and a nice little thought experiment. It's a very challenging question yeah. for me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Well, how can people reach out to you, man, if they want to come and uh, say hi? And... So, yeah, you can see me on Twitter at Gen Z for BTC, and. Uh, I'm on Nostra too, which my to connect on there too. It's already on my Twitter. My email is on my Twitter as well. If you want to reach me, my mom is also running my email, so don't worry if you're an adult or whatever. So yeah, that that's me trying to help the kids. Second time trying. Um, this is the second kid that has Twitter. I think it's a sign. <laughs> yeah, we well, don't even have a phone yet. Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry. I'll get the phones on order and we'll get a Twitter. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a strange place though, right, Ben? I mean, Twitter can be yeah, pretty so, well, I know I know Twitter can be interesting. My friends have said that when I say I have Twitter, people think of me as not a Bitcoiner when they see I have Twitter on my phone. So I know Twitter can be bad and it can be dangerous for kids to be on it, but if a kid is truly like focused on the right thing and is guided the right way, they shouldn't have to do anything bad and should be responsible enough to do what they're supposed to be doing on their phone. The best, the best thing to do is only ever follow people with laser eyes and Bitcoin only in their, uh, in their profile. Start there. Yeah. And then start. Yeah, it can still be changed. The crazy thing is it can still be, um, your the things that pop up is put to you by Twitter mm -hmm. and is like suggested by what you follow and what you like. But if you don't like something by somebody you followed in a long time, like they won't show up at all. You can look at, but you can, that's for your home, but you can look at people you only follow. That's something you can do. But that's one thing I like about Nostra is you can make your own filter, like your actual own filter which can be hard at first, but like you can narrow it down to only certain things and have different categories 
And that's pretty cool, but that's still coming up and rising. But yeah, I think Twitter's a good idea if you're responsible and trust yourself to do the right things. If it was not for Twitter, I wouldn't have learned half as much as half as quickly as I did. That that place was yeah, that's for sure. That that's place the best was place an to learn. amazing place to learn about Bitcoin for me and learn about further resources that I could go and start digging into as well. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And thank you. Uh, it was an honor to be on here. Thank you so much. No, you're welcome. Really cool. You're welcome. And uh, it's great to see that uh, people as young as you and Lauren and Sam and yeah, July, we're trying to do Bitcoin for kids month and, and try and get out yep. as much content Saw as that. we can. Uh, so we'll be getting this one out certainly in July over the next week, hopefully. And uh, hopefully mm-hmm. people will reach out and uh, yeah, good luck, brother. And I can't, can't wait to, to meet you in person somewhere. Mm-hmm. For sure. Sometime. If it's random or planned or not, I'm going to meet you guys sometime. For sure. Thank you for having me on again. Yeah. You're welcome. All right. Have a yep. good afternoon. Yep. Have a good rest of the day. Bye-bye. See ya. Well, guys, we already won. We already won if we can keep young people at the age of 13 and 14, 12, Lauren's 12, she was on this whole podcast too, if we can keep this signal as high as we've managed to reach and now push that down through the generations, we've already won. I mean, look, you just listened to over an hour of a 14-year-old boy talking about his passion and his passion is Bitcoin. Imagine what that is going to unlock throughout the rest of his life how that's going to affect his decision making going forward having a low time preference mindset rather than a high time preference mindset as we got talking about how's it going to affect his sports how's it going to affect his day-to-day decision making how's it going to affect his thoughts about the future none of that would have ever happened if he was still just thinking in terms of fear and fear incentives now when that coach turns around to him and says right get out there go and make change, go and make this happen. But he knows he's got a knee injury and that's going to keep him on the bench for another three months or just completely sideline his career. He's most likely going to turn around and say, no, I'm not fit, I'm not ready. A fiat-minded, high-time preference kid would not, they would get out there, ruin their knee, and that's it. They're done at the age of 15. How many stories have you heard about that in your family circle of friends? And it's just these tiny little examples that make such a huge difference in people's lives. And I'm really, really happy to have met Ben on this show, Um, now DMing with with his mum, yet to meet the family. But we are trying between Orange Pill App and Pacific Bitcoin to liaise and uh, and get them over to the Pacific Bitcoin conference. So look out for any, any announcements perhaps we could get him on stage hosting a panel it'd be great up there with some boomers as well with greg foss who he obviously has a lot of respect for uh this is what we do as a community this is the social layer of bitcoin this is how we help each other and if there's any way at all in which you can help ben and his mom get over there then reach out reach out to me via dms reach out to ben directly and um, yeah, let, let, let's make this happen. If there's any way at all you can help with his project that he's going to be launching, I believe at the same day that I'm uh, launching, uh, releasing this podcast, excuse me, 
and his um, savings initiative to try and help educate as many kids of his age group or younger or slightly even older to learn about savings and saving in sats and what a difference that's going to make to their lives as well. So Bitcoin for Kids Month, this was inspired by Sam Duvall, who gave a keynote speech at the BTC Prague conference at the age of 13, straight after Michael Saylor on the main stage to thousands of people. She called it out, Bitcoin for Kids Month, let's make this happen. That's why Lauren and I are focusing on trying to get as many kids interviews out there as possible this month. So I hope you're enjoying them. Please share them with friends and family. When you have these discussions with uh, the youngsters, it, um, it really helps fill in the blanks as to, you know, if you've not fully joined the dots as to what this is yet, it's not number go up technology. It's about societal change for the better of humanity. Uh, yeah, you, you, you'll soon start connecting those dots if, if you haven't. Just spend more than a few days in the rabbit hole and things start changing in your mind. Anyway, before we sign out, thank you very much to all of the show sponsors for helping me put this together and keep it going over the last three and a half years. Uh, Swan, Bitcoin, out in the US. They're looking after you across the pond. Get there if you want to start stacking some Bitcoin. Swanbitcoin.com forward slash Bitten will take you to the sign up link. Relay are this side of the pond, R-E-L-A-I dot C-H forward slash Bitten. Start stacking. Coin Corner, hit the link in the show notes. Use that link. That's a referral link that will give you a free £10 worth of Bitcoin after your first £100 or Euros spend. Hoddle Hoddle, our global peer-to-peer non-KYC platform. Wasabi are going to up your privacy. Bitbox are going to store. Make sure you are storing your Bitcoin correctly. Bitbox 02 hardware wallet, get that, get those Satoshis in code storage. Mempool.space have got you for visualizing and educating yourself around the blockchain. Orange Palap are building out the social layer. The conferences that you can get to are the Baltic Honey Badger in Riga and Liberty in Our Lifetime in Prague. And get a book from Consensus Network. They are doing such a great job of hosting this podcast on their YouTube channel. So if you want to watch this interview with Ben, Get across to the Consensus Network channel on YouTube. I've run out of music. I've been talking too much. Catch you on the next show.